Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beja Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldejanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hi, and welcome to Everything is Fine, a podcast for women over 40. We are your hosts. I'm Kim France. And I'm Jen Romolini. And Jen, I'm a nervous rep today. How are you? Um, I'm fine. I'm fine. I have a banana bread in the oven, which is going to go. I was, I was just like, what am I doing? Like, and at some point the timer is going to go off. I just decided I saw these bananas and I was like, must make banana bread, like in this real ADHD compulsive, weird way. Um, you know, impulsive, uh, anyway, why are you a nervous wreck? Because I'm traveling on Thursday and because I always become a nervous wreck I mean, this, but when this episode comes out, yes, I will be. We're just going to be pretending this episode is going to be out so much. You're going to be in your trip. I'm going to be like, in Europe. So I'm, I'm going to have lost my suitcase. We are not going to have arrived at the airport in time to get through security. All the things I'm a fucking stress case about, I will have happened. Oh or my not. God. Well, they will have happened. Sorry, sorry to, to pull the curtain back <laughs> to let you in on our on our secrets but yes kim is not here this episode is airing kim is deep in europe at this point um but you are not today today you're on like the eve of your trip basically and i'm so like i think i've figured out what i'm packing you know i feel pretty good about that um everything's ready. It just, I'm a nervous wreck. I get this way whenever I travel. It's like, you know, I'm like, it, I remind myself of like when I had a cat and the cat knew it was time to go to the vet. It didn't want to get in the carrier. And all I wanted to do was get that cat. And that's how I feel about getting on a plane. Just like, ah, anything but that. I feel that way every time I travel. And then like, if I'm traveling alone, it's like, I don't want to leave you guys. You know, meanwhile, <laughs> like the day before I was like bitching about everything in the house and all the people in it, you know, it's like, it's such a weird thing. Transitions are so weird and separation anxiety is real. And 
it's just a very intense, it's a very intense experience to be like, okay, well, all of these surroundings are all of these surroundings I'm in at this moment are familiar. And I'm about to be in things that are absolutely not familiar. So unfamiliar. Um, and we haven't done a lot of like prep work, you know, like I wish I, I, you know, I wish I knew a little bit more what to do in every city. And I feel like I got to kind of make that happen. But it's just, it's mostly just the traveling. Like once I'm there, I'm okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Well, you're just in the rhythm of it. It's just the anticipation. It's like anything. It's like doing anything new. It's, you know, doing anything new, entering a new class for the first time, starting a new job. It's terror. It's just the newness. And it's funny because I feel like that happens when you're a kid to some kids goes away for a while when you're young and then it just comes back with a vengeance <laughs> in midlife. And it's just like, I feel as anxious as I did when I was 11. It's crazy. Yeah. It's really weird. And I have to always remember that the anxiety I feel about things is almost never as bad as the actual thing when it happens. No, no, it, it, it rarely is. And and the thing is, the, the thing about it is is that there are going to be things, the, the, the pain in the ass things you have not anticipated. Like it's always the unexpected no. thing that you're just like, oh, fuck that. I didn't expect that to happen. You know, that was, yeah, not, that was not on my list of things I was worrying about. Yeah, no, totally true. A hundred percent true. Um, so why worry? Because you can't anticipate what's going to happen. You can't. You can't. But I am like so close today from walking to the Apple store to get trackers for the suitcases. <laughs> like. I got to stop. I got to stop. Well, because you're checking. Because I'm checking my bag. And I don't, and we're also, I've said this before, but we're, we're taking several small flights within Europe. And I just like, I just feel like I just, I, I, I'm anxious. Yeah. Well, then you'll be buying new clothes. You'll lose all your clothes. You'll be buying new clothes. Who gives a shit? The thing is you most likely, let's really walk this out. Most likely, um, well, actually, there's an exercise that somebody taught me once when you're feeling anxious, which is what's the worst thing could happen? What's the best thing that could happen? What's the funniest thing that could happen? It works for a kid, but it also works for adults. <laughs> um, but the worst thing that could happen is the bag gets lost. And the thing is, it will it's very rare that the bag is lost forever. Like I know that one person with their sweater on your blog, but it's, <laughs> it's usually the, the bag gets delivered to you at some point. It's yeah. just a pain in the ass in the moment. But I mean, you, you have a, you have a choice to look at it as a pain in the ass or as an adventure. Yep. Yep. And that's just what I have to do. You know what I've been thinking about to switch topics? Yes. What? I've been feeling nostalgic for summers in the magazine industry. Oh, wow. Okay. Tell me why. I'm just thinking, you know, because everywhere I ever worked, they had half day Fridays, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. at Condé Nast half day Friday meant you just went in, like sat down at your desk and left again. Yeah. Summer Fridays that were the best. Yep. Summer Fridays and, and like getting out of the city on some weekends. And it was just, you know, it just, and that feeling like on a Friday in the office when everybody's kind of, you know, halfway out of the office already and everybody's in a good mood. And I just it made me think about all the people I liked who I worked with and, you know, how fun, how fun it was to be part of a community. Yeah. I miss that too. I miss that too. And, and the thing is, I don't think like, as you know, I've been looking at full-time jobs and, um, they're like 90% remote. Yep. Like, yep. I don't think it exists in the same way anymore. No, no, it can't. It doesn't. It can't. Like just a place that you went to 
for eight to 10 hours a day that you got dressed up and went to, and you had friends there and enemies there. And, you know, it's just, you, and you ate lunch, you had a lunch place and, you know, you had a, you had a cookie in the afternoon. It's like, (laughs) I was thinking about the cookie, you know, the, 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 like afternoon cookie. It was just like, Oh, (laughs) well, you lived your, you lived so much of your life at the office and like our desks were such like, you know, like the way we all tried to homify our desks a little, Yes, what we put up and the things you learned about the people in your office and their habits. You hated my desk. You were furious at my desk because it was too um, kitschy. At one point you came over and you were like, (laughs) you just need to stop with the irony. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I thought that was a good idea. I know. I know. But you know, that, that was where you let that, I, I was, I was who you let that energy out on, I think. (laughs) (laughs) I'm afraid, I I, I hate to say it, but I fear you were not the only one. (laughs) Well, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You did did get a lot of it. I did because I could take it. And I actually kind of, I thought it was funny. I couldn't handle it. No, I miss it too. I was thinking about it the other day. I, I was thinking about the dumb fashion closet. And I was thinking about just like, how much fun I had with people looking at ridiculous shit in the fashion closet, just being like, what the hell is this? Like, <laughs> no. You know? Um, yeah, it was, it was fun. And it was something, and I think it's part of my real reason that I have so many problems living in LA because even when it was bad, it was something to push against, you know, it was mm-hmm, something mm-hmm. there, there was resistance there, you know, and that I feel like that makes for a good life. You know, like having like, you know, like a very cold wind that you're sort of walking through, you know, I think it, you know, it kind of just propels you in a way. I know that that sounds like it's the opposite, but just like the, the energy you need to sort of work against that in a way. I felt like that was good for me. I miss it too. And I miss managing a lot, which I don't know if I'll ever do again, but I miss it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, you know, I have mixed feelings about my skills as a manager. I think in some ways I was good at it. In other ways, I was just a disaster. Yeah, I was, that was, that was my thing. I was pretty, I was, you know, I was thinking about it because I grew up watching my dad as a small business owner and I just, I knew how, I just, it came really naturally to me. Like I understood, I mean, it wasn't great to everybody. I definitely played favorites, but me too. I, I, I was really, really good to the majority of people and the people I wasn't great to, at least I was honest with. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you know, people who were like, you know, I really want to just, when I got out here, especially, you know, it's, it's two o'clock. I'm thinking about going for a hike and I would be like, what the fuck? No, you're not going. (laughs) No, that's not the way work works. That's funny. You know, what was funny this week? Um, I was telling my stepson about the band word list at Lucky, which every edit, which every editor in chief had or has in that day and probably still do a list of words and phrases that are banned from the publication the lucky band word list the best i still have a copy it's very i mean when you it, it, it is a time capsule now yes 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 there's a lot of words on that list kim france and there's a lot of words <laughs> on that list that you currently use in your own substack. <laughs> i know i do i know i do i remember i used to get mad at people if they ever used the word simple because i was like simple is not a compliment which was dumb. Of course, simple can be a compliment. I was, I was, I was, I was, I, one thing that I think I did do that, that all, 
all editors, a, a quality all editors in chief have that I also had was arbitrariness. Yes. And fickleness. You think I was fickle? Well, about words. About words, yeah. No, but what you actually did, I mean, it was a real pain in the ass to do a, you know, 20 page package on shoes, many of which look the same and have a narrowing, a constantly narrowing window of adjectives you could use. And also you could never reuse the same adjective in that whole 20 page package, or like at least never on a page and next, not on the next page that said, and it was a brain teaser and it was really challenging that said, I am an excellent caption writer. Now I can write anything because mm -hmm. of that experience, because I had, I was, I worked there for six years all in, but I had four years of very intense you circling things and being like, you can do better than this. This is lazy. This is this. No, we're, this is banned. No exclamation points, exclamation <laughs> points, you know, um, don't insult the, don't insult the reader was a big one of yours. One time I was, I was flying. Um, I was just thinking about my red pens. Oh yes. The red pens. And, and I was flying back from Europe from work, you know, being at the shows and, and, and the, the, um, passport control guy, you know, has a very thick accent of, mm -hmm. you know, sort of like Bronx or Staten Island or whatever. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm, and he says, so what do you do? And I said, uh, business or pleasure? And I said, business, what do you do? And I said, I'm a magazine editor. And he said, jetted anything with your big red pen? <laughs> You're like every fucking day. Every... <laughs> More than you could possibly imagine. The, no, I was, I, cause you asked me for the band word list, which I don't know who else has it. I I've held on to it for 20 years, you know, <laughs> whatever. Um, but it was so funny because I pulled it up and I was like, jokey references to Martha Stewart. How often did that come up? <laughs> I know, but it, I think there was a lot of, in, in magazine text at that time, there was a lot of what would Martha do? What would Martha say? Mm. It you was know. also like constructions, like we couldn't use think blank, blank and blankety blank. Like we couldn't, we <laughs> couldn't do that. Yeah. There couldn't be a think. There couldn't be like shoes, shoes and more shoes. Although I'm sure that was a cover line at some point. Um, Andrea's thing was always, Andrea would be like, you can't say great. You can't just be like, it's so great. You can't say it. <laughs> and I would but be that's like, a good point. It was, but I would be like, these pants are great. It's fine. And she would be like, no, it has to be more specific. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, because I was in, I was a floater, man. I got it from all sides. Oh my god! But it was, you know, hey, I'm like, look, I still make my living with the knowledge I learned at Lucky. So who cares? Some um, someone I know told me that my nickname, someone who didn't work at Lucky, told me that my nickname at Lucky was Kim Possible. Oh, not to, nobody told me that. I, I didn't have enough friends for anybody to share that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh god what else is going on with you besides panic other than white hot panic i have a new beauty product i'm excited about tell me um i read it about it on we're talking about andrea a lot lately on andrea's blog i want to be her kosis dream beam spf 40 okay it's a tinted sunscreen and it like it, it it I think the other day when we were giving tips and I was saying like you could use tinted sunscreen instead yeah. of foundation, like you could totally use this stuff. It's very sheer, but it does even you out a little. Mm -hmm. 
And then it looks really good once I put my foundation on my, my what the foundation from Bobby Brown. On top. Um, on top. Oh, I should say, I'll put this in the show notes, but also I have an ongoing, I made um, a very long list of every summer recommendation on our Patreon and I made it public. So anybody can go over there and look at it. I'll put it in the show notes because when I was trying to do the recommendations for that summer list, and I know that everybody likes to know exactly what we recommended and they like to see it and have links to it. And I started doing it in the show notes and I was like, this is like 70, like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> I can't, like, who am I? So I just made a post about it. So I'll just keep adding our summer recommendations over there and you can find it in our Patreon. And while you're there, if you want to support the show, it's just a cup of coffee a month. It's like three bucks. <laughs> um, I, I feel like I have to do that. I've been watching a lot of really interesting things. <laughs> what? Um, well, I went to see Asteroid City, the new Wes Anderson movie. And how did you like it? Is it as great as everyone says? So my first feeling when I'm watching Wes Anderson is like, not my first, but one of my feelings when I'm watching any Wes Anderson, I like Wes Anderson, but there is a moment when you're watching a Wes Anderson something where you're like, is this just some stupid white people bullshit? Like there is like a stupid twee white people bullshit to it. That's like a little bit embarrassing. You know, it's just so, so it's just, uh, it is. I know exactly what you're saying. And you were, it's a very white, 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 white world. Just white, 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 and just white people bullshit. It's just like, ah, uh. so <laughs> But that said, Asteroid City is so beautiful. It's so lovely to watch. There are like some shots in this film that I will never forget. And like, I, you know, I like Wes Anderson fine. I love Jason Schwartzman. Like I- Yeah, he's great. Oh, he's just the best. He's- He's amazing. He's a small man, um, which makes me a little, he's a very small man, like many inches shorter than me. I've seen him. I used to see him riding his bike around Brooklyn and I've seen him around. He was one of those celebrities that I saw around a lot when I lived in New York. Mm -hmm. um, but if, if not for that, like total, like I find him so hot in the same way I find Nathan Fielder hot. I'm just like, oh, you're wonderful. <laughs> um, but he's great in it. And Scarlett Johansson actually, who I can, I can, you know, I can take be hit or, or miss. Yeah, I could take or leave. Um, she's really good. And it's really great. It's, it's a great, it's a great film. It's really, really good. Do you know when, um, I, when my parents were young, mm -hmm. when they were a young couple, um, in Houston, they were friends with Wes Anderson's parents. Wow. And, and, um, friendly with them. Yeah. And, um, um, Rushmore, which was filmed in Houston, was filmed at St. John's, which is the school that my older brother went to that um, Wes Anderson also went to. It's like the waspy private school in Houston. And oh, wow. Rushmore, like, you know how the sign Rushmore, it had like an R, a U, yeah. an S, an H. It was the same amount of letters as St. John's. So they just covered it up. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. But I always like, you know, I, I, I like Wes Anderson, even though I do think it's sometimes I'm just like, this is so twee, I'm going to like, you know, I have some kind of diabetic reaction. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, but it but but he has such anybody who has that kind of like vision of a universe and continues to make interesting and engaging, you know, work about that universe they've created. I I think is cool. But I agree. It can be very 
sweet. But, you know, I love a, a, a great movie that not a lot of people have seen as, well, that's probably not true, Bottle Rocket, his first movie. Yes, yes. Which was also filmed in Texas. And he, I just, he did, there is something about In Rushmore too, the way he shows Texas. Yep. That is very true to what Houston, or Houston anyway, yeah. what Houston is like. He even gets like the humidity right somehow. Yeah. And I yeah. don't get that. Yeah. But, but I think he's, I think he's so, he's interesting. I think he's, you know, I'll keep seeing his movies. No, Royal Tenenbaums. I, I could watch Royal Tenenbaums yeah. at, at any time, any, any time for the rest of my life. I mean, I even like Darjeeling Limited. I like, um, Moonrise Kingdom. There's just, there's, there's so many hits. There's so many. Yeah. I, speaking of Royal Tenenbaums, one time when I was first in New York, I was dating this, uh, this big publisher who could get me into clubs, right? Like I was not a club person, but he was like a Coke and a club person, right? Okay. So mm-hmm. like that's for like a couple of months, that's what I was doing. And I was in Moomba. Do you remember Moomba? Yes. I never went there, but I remember it. And this story is in my book. But he, um, so I'm in Moomba and I'm stuck in this VIP booth with like all these people. And I'm sitting next to this guy who's wearing like a little yellow sweater over his shoulders. And he's talking about how all this fucking boring shit about filming in New York and permits and everything else. And I am so fucking bored that I crawl out of the booth, like kind of (laughs) kicking him on my way out. Okay. And of course, like later on, like I saw a picture and of Wes Anderson and it was Wes Anderson in the booth explaining this. (laughs) That is so funny. He was filming Royal Tenenbaums and he had a lot of complaints about what it was to film in New York city. And, um, but was just like, just a square, like at that age, I was like 26. Like he was drinking like a seltzer and just like, yes, permits. And I was like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, That's so funny. Anyway. Yes. I wish I could go back. That was so dumb. You know what I want to watch? What? Um, speaking of things, the rock Hudson documentary. Oh yes. I want to see that too. I want to see that too. There's also last night I had insomnia and I was like, and so I got out of bed and went to the couch and there's a Jennifer Jason Lee retrospective or whatever on the Criterion channel. Cause sometimes I'll just turn, especially if I'm like, could something put me to sleep? I'll go to the Criterion channel. Yeah. And I watched um, Anniversary Party, which is a really fun movie that she actually wrote and directed and stars in. Um, really? I want. I, I love Jennifer Jason Lee. Phoebe Cates is in that one. Um, Jennifer Beale is in it. I mean, there's just it's just like a it's like a Gen X Wonderland. But I was thinking about because I also like Margot at the Wedding with Jennifer Jason Lee. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking about how there aren't many actresses like her. Like there's a sourness to her anymore. There's like a, she's like a little bit like, you know, she just seems kind of sour. We don't make people <laughs> like that anymore. We don't, no. we don't have, we don't have actors like that anymore with that kind that can have that kind of attitude in the world. Like, because it doesn't make for good content, uh, the ancillary content, I yeah. think, you know? No, we have like, and no shade on her, but we have like Jennifer Garner. Yeah. Or Jennifer Lawrence or, you know, we don't have people who are just kind of cranky. Like Jennifer Jason Lee just kind of always struck me as kind of cranky and serious. And we just don't. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. We're not allowed to, we're not allowed to have that anymore. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. I mean, the, what I do when I feel like we really don't have any of those things anymore is watch a British show. Yes. Yes, that's right. They still, they still value that in England, it would appear. But the anniversary party is 
it's really about a group. It's about a group of actors and Hollywood people and writers and whatever. And it's like, it's, it's a very, very specific set of people in a very specific, like Laurel Canyon house, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, um, did you say that? Cause you know, I watched Laurel Canyon last week. No, I and that didn't. Laurel Canyon has been on my mind. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll save that. No, we'll come back to it. But what I was going to say is it's a very, I, I loved it when I was in my early thirties. Like I love, I thought it was the best movie. It was one of my favorite movies for like several years and I hadn't watched it in a really long time. And it is very much a movie that captures your thirties, which is a decade when you are whining about nothing. Like mm-hmm. it is a decade where you are just anxious and whining and everybody's getting married and having kids and you're just anxious. Am I going to have a kid? Am I not going to have a kid? And everybody's in a relationship, but it's like a new, newish relationship because you've been together like five, seven years, which is a newish relationship. You're still having like hot sex and whatever, whatever. And I've related to that movie so much. And now I'm like, oh, these people are so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do whenever I see a picture of myself when I was younger and I'm like, oh, I was really pretty. Yeah. Then I, but now I also think, yes, and you were a fucking idiot. And just the dumbest, just the dumbest. And your 30s in particular, because I also think it's like a self serious decade too. It's mm-hmm. just like a, it's not the best. I, it's like the hottest decade, but it's really just in terms of like who you are as a person. It's just really a very, I, I just, I wouldn't go back to that time. I would almost sooner go back to being in my 20s than I would my 30s. The only reason I would go back to my 30s is to not marry the person I married in my 30s. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That seems that seems right. If you could go back and do it again. Yeah. Yeah. But, just, you know, yeah. if I hadn't married that person and divorced that person and lived my life, I maybe wouldn't have met the person I'm with now. So, you know. No, you wouldn't have. You wouldn't have. Um, but anyway, so the anniversary party. And then the other thing I'm watching, and then let's go to Laurel Canyon is, or wait, let's go to Laurel Canyon now. Laurel Canyon, go. <laughs> I love Laurel Canyon. I actually checked out the Rotten Tomatoes score. It has a ter- it has a bad Rotten Tomatoes score, a very mediocre Rotten Tomatoes okay. score. A lot of people didn't really like that movie, but I love that movie. And I watched it, I watched it the other day because Walden hadn't seen it. And um, Frances McDormand, right? Frances McDormand plays a record producer. Yes, Christian Bale. Christian Bale is her son. Right. And, and then and then there's oh, what's her name? Uh, the Kate, British Kate Beckinsale. Kate, Kate Beckinsale is his fiance. And then is, Sam, is Sam Rockwell her boyfriend? Who's her boyfriend in it? I forget. Or is he just not anybody that's famous? Oh, who? Francis Francis McDormand's. McDormand's. Oh, no, it's this guy. I think his name is Alessandro Nivolo. Okay, okay. He's hot. I remember, yeah. He's super hot. He plays like the guy. She's producing a record, and they're staying at her house in Laurel Canyon, and and the son has to live there while they're recording the album because Francis McDormand gave her Malibu house to her ex-boyfriend. Okay. So they're all like... You know, and the house is amazing. Yeah. And like there's one point when he's walking up some stairs and the entire wall is blanketed in gig posters. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and they sleep in this bedroom that just is, you know, all the walls are covered in albums. And it, it just it captures such a mood, that movie. Yeah. Um, and made me think of the days when I was like hanging out in the music world. Like it 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 got it just got things really right. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I saw that movie when I was married. And and it's also about like, you know, te- commitment and temptation. Yep, yep. You know, yep. both of, both Christian, you know, there's temptation and I watched that movie and I was like, "Oh yeah, I don't want to be married to this person." 
Yes. It was like one of the one of the first times that I was like, oh yeah, this is very far away from what I actually want. Let's take a quick break from some ads. Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast Fat Mascara here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beige Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldajanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. And we're back. It's funny, those those sorts of signs, like I remember just something stupid. Like I remember reading Raymond Carver's dedication to his wife in one of his last books. And it was like, her name was Tess. And it was like, he had written Tess, period, Tess, period, Tess, without a period. And I Mm. was like, that's, that is not the way I feel about my spouse. Like, (laughs) like my first (laughs) husband, I was like, oh, that, that's a kind of love that I don't have and that I I want to have. That that is a profound like you could just feel it. You could feel it yeah. in just these this just the way he wrote that out. And um it's funny, there are people always are like, How do I know if I should get a divorce? You know, I mean, I don't know. I feel like people are always like that. Like, how do I know when when it and yeah. there are a lot of signs leading up to breakup or divorce. Like, and you you kind of you kind of can't miss them, even if you want to. You could just you feel them. You're you're you. They're they're right there for you. You know they're right they're right there, and and the tension they create becomes kind of unbearable. Yeah, it 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 really does. It it yeah, tricky, tricky because it's a tricky thing to know. And also, yeah. like we were talking about at the beginning of this episode, like you know, changing your whole environment. Like it's just, it's wild. If I had known how disruptive leaving my husband was going to be, I probably wouldn't have done it, which is why I'm glad I didn't know. Yeah. Because it was a hundred percent what I needed to do. Yeah. Just a hundred percent. Oh, it was, it was awful. I mean, I was, I was young, but it was, it was awful. Like I lost that whole, I lost a whole friend group. I, you know, I was financially devastated you know, it's, yeah, it was a mess. It was a mess, but it was worth it. It's worth the mess. It's worth it. No, I mean, I ended up having to shell out a lot of cash and it was a bargain at twice the price. It yep. just was. Yep. 
to get yeah. out. But I'll, you know, that's a thing I'll, I'll never not be angry about. No, it's bullshit. It's bullshit. Like it, it's, it's bullshit. These fucking dudes. I mean, I'm sorry. I don't mean to be like reverse sexist or whatever I'm being like, what is but that? I mean, context I'm, I'm is mis- everything. Misandry. Con- I don't know. But if these fucking men asking for alimony, get the fuck out of here. Go fuck no, yourself. I know. A, mutu- a friend of ours was, was, was going on about that this week. And, yep. and, and I kind of wrote in and said, I, I, I feel you, you know, context is important. These laws were put on the books to protect women who spent their lives supporting their husbands. You know, I was married for three years. There were no children, but no, I mean, I was, I was, I was, there was no reason for it to have happened. No, And I got off easy. Yeah. I got off. I compared to women. I know. I mean, I only had to pay a settlement. Other women I know are playing actual alimony. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. It makes, me, it makes me so angry. And I know people say turnabout is fair play, but it's not the same. No. It's not the same. And I was in a marriage where my husband not only didn't support my career. No, he but hated actually, it. He hated it and resented it. And, and like look down on it. Oh, for sure. Look down for on sure. it. Like he should not have gotten a dime of the money that, that came in from that career that he. Oh that, my God. Yeah. I remember the last time I ever spoke to him, um, we were fighting about that on the phone. And he's like, but that's my nest egg. (laughs) Like if my hands could have gone through the phone line and like strangled him. My nest egg. Oh, I could go on. I could go on, but it sounds really ugly. So I won't, but it is, you know, and I know there are people out there who have the money and, 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 and their women are paying and they're okay with it. It makes me very, it made me very angry. It makes me very angry. It makes me very angry in light of certain other aspects of my marriage that probably wouldn't be appropriate to talk about, but it, but yeah, it pissed me off. Well, especially, especially because this whole world is really tilted toward advantages, straight white men in a way it advantages nobody else. Yep. Like, so the idea that we're going to then support them is just such fucking bullshit to me. I no, can't. it is total bullshit. It's total bullshit. Yeah, no, I don't. I'm not into it. Um, moving, moving on from that. Um, <laughs> I finally, really, fully got in and committed to the show Jory Duty. Oh, I. I watched the trailer to that and I was intrigued and we talked about it, but we I did. Yeah. Well, because I tried to watch it on that, that stupid, oh my God, awful, like, like a, a torture channel freebie, which is like a commercial every three minutes because you cannot oh get it without commercials, right? You, it's, it's freebie. It's like, we're going back to old timey TV, except we've tripled the amount of ads. Um, yeah. so I tried to watch it on that and I was like, I can, I cannot, I, I will, I won't No, no television is worth this to me. <laughs> um, although my, the podcast I just put out stiffed also like no offense to iHeart, but man, did they really fuck that up with so many commercials. It was like, you'd listen for three minutes and then you'd have three minutes of ads. I couldn't control that. Whatever. Anyway, um, jury duty it takes a minute. It's on Amazon now and it takes a minute. It takes until really the third episode. It's sort of a a slow burn, but by the third episode, it is one of the funniest things I've ever watched in my life. It just keeps getting funnier. Then the third episode is hilarious. The fourth episode. And then the very end, which I won't spoil for anyone, but it pays off in such a way 
that I am now watching it a second time with Alex because I loved it so much and I'm enjoying it even more the second time because I know about this big payoff at the end. And it, it's fucking delightful. And it's unlike anything you've ever seen. The whole premise of this show is that this what they put an ad out for a documentary that they were making about jury duty. And one of the jurors thinks this is a documentary about an actual like case an actual jury duty. And everybody else in the show is an actor. Oh my God. And it is amazing watching because you're like, he can't keep believing this and he keeps believing it and it's real and it's, it's incredible and it has a lot of heart and it's, it's really, really fun and it's easy. It's like a very, if you're just like, your brain is like full and you just want something to sort of lull into, it's a lovely show for that. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it tonight. You should watch it. You should see if you should do- you can download it and watch it um watch while you're it traveling. On the plane. Yeah, it's really it's really really good. Um really really loved it. So that's my other that's all that my other recommendation. I was last night I watched a bunch of episodes of Nora from Queens. I've never seen that. I've I've never even heard of it. Nora from Queens. I don't know what it was originally on. I think I watched it on HBO or Max as oh, it is now. Max. I don't understand. Why would you name yourself something that sounds just like Cinemax? Yes. It doesn't make any sense to me. Doesn't. Anyway, it, saw, it stars Aquafina. You know her? I love Aquafina. Yeah. She's so funny. And so she, I think she's basically playing herself like with her family in Queens. Okay. You know, okay. she plays kind of a, like a, a slacker. Mm-hmm. She's funny. in Queens. She's so funny. Mm-hmm. She's really hilarious, but B.D. Wong plays her father. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just, it just, you know, for like an old-fashioned, like, 30-minute sitcom laugh, I, I would recommend it. Yeah, that's that sounds good. Yeah, I've been really, I, I, there's a lot of movies I want to see. I've been just like, I've been enjoying entertainment again. You know, I go through waves where I'm like, everything is shit. And then I'm like, oh, this is <laughs> great. I'm entertained. I am very excited to see the Barbie movie. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, you'll be back in time for the Barbie movie. Yeah, I will be back in time. This might, be, this might be coming gonna... out the week of the Barbie movie. Um, but yeah, you'll be back in time for the Barbie movie. The Barbie movie is going to, I think that's going to be great. And you know, Ryan Gosling is having the best, the best time. He's just using so many pen, uh, uh, Ken, uh, Ken puns. He said <laughs> something the other day. He was like, it's Knuff. And I was like, I can't. <laughs> I just he can't. seems like a delight. That Ryan Gosling seems like a delight. He really does. He really does. I interviewed his wife for the cover of Lucky, and I'm I'm not going to say anything more. But it was yeah. <laughs> that uh, I don't know what he's doing there, but he is. He does seem like a delight, and man, he's so handsome. He's yeah, so, he really is. He's so handsome. He's such a handsome man. Um. Another thing you wanted to talk about, but we thought was going to be dated, but I don't think it is. Is um. The whole Goodreads Liz Gilbert controversy. Did you do? Do you remember what happened with her and her book? Yes. Didn't we talk about this? We didn't talk about it on the podcast. We talked about talking about it, but we didn't talk about it. This is sorry, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> this is what it's like. Um, yes, Liz Gilbert has an, her new book, or what was to be her new book, yeah. took place in Russia, and yeah. people went on Goodreads and wrote, and the book has not been released. There are no advanced reader copies. There are no galleys or anything yet. But people went on and started writing all these negative reviews. How can she 
you know, place a book in, in, in Russia right now. This is so tone deaf. Um, and so she decided not to publish the book. And she didn't say never. She was right. careful about how she phrased it. She said like something like, this is not the moment for this book. And the book is not especially or even explicitly pro-Russian. You know, it's actually about people like, I think, living off the grid or trying to, you know, and, right, and, right. and it's a very scary precedent, number one. And number two, Liz Gilbert, who was a very nice person and, and you know, lovely down to earth person, but she is also a really privileged person. Yes. You know, she, she, she has the kind of resources that would make saying, okay, let's not put this book out or at least not right now possible. That's not the possibility for most, you know, mid-list fiction writers, no. you know. No, but do you know why this is happening? So this is called review bombing, right? Yes, yes, on Goodreads. I know, yeah. So this is called review bombing. And the reason that it's able to be happening is because Goodreads is owned by Amazon. Amazon bought Goodreads a couple of years ago. I did not know this. And what Amazon has been doing is they buy up things, they buy up companies that are competitors to them, and then they just let them languish. They don't, no. they don't, they have not put any resources into this platform. So the technology that it's built on, there's is is old and dated, which you can tell just by looking at the site. It's super clunky. Mm -hmm. But there's also just sort of no community monitoring. They've cut back budgets so much at Goodreads that there's no way. And like, but it's still there. You can still see like your book is on Goodreads. All my books are on Goodreads. And the comments are just the reviews are garbage and trash. And there's no moderation. You right. can't have a community or a social platform with no moderation. No. No, and nobody should be allowed to write a review of a book they haven't read. No, no. And and you can't do that on Amazon. It says, you know, verified purchase on Amazon. They just bought this. He bought this platform so that he could destroy it. It's so, so ugly. And you know that Amazon also owns IMDb? That doesn't surprise me. I couldn't, I didn't know that until I got IMD Pro to attempt to get a celebrity guest, which I have not done yet because I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if we are people who should interview celebrities. I don't, I don't know if that is our, that is, I mean, well, the, you know, we could try. I, I, don't either, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, we say celebrities. It's not like we want J-Law to come on the podcast. No, no, no. No. Kim Gordon, might that be nice? Yes. But would it, because how, because Let's say 80% of the time, a celebrity is just going to get, no matter how you try to get in there and disrupt their canned narrative, they're still giving you their goddamn talking points. It's so uninteresting. It's so banal. It's like- I agree. I just am like, I'd rather not talk. I mean, I've heard, <laughs> I, I do think that that, you know, we've had a couple of higher profile people on the podcast and that's kind of been the, tr the, the case that yeah. they just stick to their talking points. You can't get anything too interesting out of them because they're very skilled at, 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 you know, bringing it back to whatever point they're interested in making. Totally. And it goes like this. They've had so much media training that you ask them a question and they say, well, that's a good question, Kim. Like I did in X and they totally switch it from an yep. into another talk because they know how to do it. It's like a politician. But we've also had people on who are not famous, who are equally skilled at that. That's true too. That's true too. That's true too. But it's really, it's just, 
anybody who comes on, I just want them to talk to us. I don't want any, I just don't want to have like a talking points conversation. I just want them to answer the question directly or else to be honest, I'm bored. I'm so bored. And when I'm bored, I'm like, the listener has to be bored. (laughs) Well, you know, wait, what was I about to say? Oh, I don't fucking know. (laughs) Can I tell you what happened to me the other day? What happened? I was in the living room and I was like, and there were new plants on my mantle. Mm-hmm. I was like, who brought me plants? Oh God. Oh no. Who brought me plants? No. Who's been in the apartment? We'd been gone. I text the cleaning lady. Thanks for the plants. No. She's like, I didn't bring you plants. Paul was like, we bought those together. And then I remembered, I remembered everything about it. But I like, I, 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 I was like, where did those plants come from? Oh my God. Well, you know, I mean, this is, I don't know if this is forever. I don't know if this is marijuana. I don't know, but I am very forgetful as well. I'm listening to a book called Outlive. Have you heard of this book? I forget. Mm-hmm. It's like Dr. Peter Tia. I don't know. I'm making this up. I, let me, let me look it up. Um, it's yeah, it's Peter Atia. I was right. Outlive the science and art of longevity. And he has like all of these different, like just terrifying, depressing chapters on like, but I mean, useful, like how to avoid cancer, how to avoid heart disease. He calls them the three horsemen, heart disease, cancer, and Alzheimer's. Right. And keeping your memory intact, there's like a whole thing about it, but part of it's exercise. Yeah. It's really, really exercise. Yeah. Because you need blood. Exercise, to- and, exercise and vegetables are the answer to everything. They are. You need blood to be flowing to your brain. It's like a big, I mean, yeah. and, and good sleep, quality sleep is another thing. And then there's like all kinds of other things in there. But anyway, highly recommend if you are looking to obsess over your health. Uh, this book is actually really fantastic and I'm, I'm kind of obsessed with it, but then I have to take it in small doses because it's, it's also like, God, I know he's right. And this sounds like zero fun. I know. I know. It's true. Yeah, it's true. And also I want to live long. Yeah, I do too. You know, I was thinking a lot yesterday about the fact that 30 years ago I turned 30. Yeah, that's <laughs> 30 years ago I turned 30. I know. That was so overwhelming. I had to stop what I was thinking about and think about something else. Yeah, it's intense. Or like when you see somebody's kid where you're like, weren't they just a baby? And yeah. they're like, they're like 20. And you're like, wait, yeah. how did that happen? I guess I lived all those years. I feel I still feel like the same fuck I was when they were two. And I was like, oh, a baby? Weird. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Uh, I mean, look, we're for, we could read some reviews at this point, unless you have another, do you have another, do you have another another? another conversation tidbit? No, I think we should read reviews because we have a few really nice ones. I mean, I don't want to end on that sad note of us being like two, two olds being like, Oh, old, but no, no, but you know, I mean, I mean, what is it? It's like, I'm older than I was. Yeah. I do not feel old. No. I do not feel invisible. No, me neither. You know, I, I, I like, I'm allowed to be overwhelmed by that thought, you yeah. know, that 30 years ago, I turned 30, that 30 years ago, I was like a not quite as well functioning adult as I am now, but I was a functioning adult. Well, it's overwhelming, it, but I mean, I'm certainly happy. I'm, I'm the age I am. I hope I get older, you know? Well, yeah, it's just what it is, is it's a, it's a mind fuck because, 
time just has a totally different meaning because if you are now living decades and decades, like it's just crazy. It's crazy just even like imagine that I've legitimately been with my husband for 20 years. That's no, so that's amazing. crazy to me. I was talking once to my younger brother um, and we were saying, yeah, my 30s were okay. My 40s sucked. My 50s are better. You know, we're sort of talking yeah. about our decades. And my nephew said, my 10s were good. <laughs> <laughs> no. Or like I said to somebody in their 20s, I was like, oh, yeah, I lived in Boston for a minute. And she was like, how long do you live in Boston? And I was like, oh, four years. And she was like, that's not a short amount of time. But four years at this point feels like a minute. No, it feels like an absolute minute. I mean, the last five years are just like. I've been doing this show with you for like two plus years. (laughs) No, I know. I know. It's crazy. And it feels like you just started doing the show. I know. We've done like 160 episodes. We've been doing this for. Oh, my God. Yes. So many episodes. Two million people have listened to this show. It's crazy to me. Or two million people have downloaded two. There are two million downloads of this show, which I know is like nothing in podcast land, but it's a lot for our show that we don't that we do what we do with. No, I think it's good. Speaking of listeners, thank you all so much for listening and for leaving reviews. And sometimes we read your reviews. We have a couple of really nice new ones. Kim, would you like to go first? I will go first. This one is from The Real Kristen B. It is entitled Officially Obsessed. EIF is the only podcast I truly look forward to listening to. As someone in her 50s, I find Jen and Kim completely relatable, and listening to them is like having a fulfilling conversation with great friends. I also highly recommend joining the Patreon for more content from this duo. Can't wait for more episodes. Woohoo! Yeah, thank you. Thank you, the real Kirsten B. I appreciate you. Um, oh, she was Kirsten. I she was Kirsten. Kirsten. You said, you know what? I think that's a thing that people mix up, but I have a friend who's... Um, whose wife's name is Kirsten. So I, I am careful about it. Um, okay. This is from someone named color beauty, the sound of fine slash the art of conversation. This is a long one. Thank you for writing it. I have been enjoying catching up with listening to all of your podcasts. What makes it especially enjoyable is how Kim and Jen's voices create a listening counterpoint. Jen's vivacious sound contrasts perfectly with Kim's deadpan delivery. (laughs) Hard eyes emoji. I am a big Lucky Magazine fan. I think Lucky was the last women's fashion paper magazine that I subscribed to as the dawn of the digital age slowly crept upon the scene. Since childhood, starting with fishing Cosmo out of my neighbor's trash as a preteen, magazines were my visual scrapbook and inspiration boards. I couldn't pronounce Cosmopolitan at the time, so I called it Cosmop. Could you talk about magazine cover models in an upcoming episode? What I'm talking about is how women's magazines always had models as their cover girls. Then one day, celebrities ruled magazine covers. I remember the shift as a Lucky subscriber. I do too. Yep, yep. I I remember very well. Why did that happen? Because celebrities sold covers and models no longer did. That is the one sentence answer. That's it. That's it. We had so many celebrities on the covers. God. Um... Also, I wanted to add that it is a joy to listen to the both of you because you are both great listeners. Oh, God. I, I hope that I'm I know. I was like, I am good. Uh, I God, I thank you so much, Color Beauty. Have you ever had friends who talk over others? And when you finally get a chance to talk, either the topic of conversation has changed or the big mouth suddenly thought of something else to ramble about? It, it is great to hear an equal conversation spoken and listened like a great tennis match. Wow. 
Such a nice review. That is a nice review. And I don't know that I'm like that with other people besides you. I find I'm interested in what you have to say. I too am interested in what you have to say. Well, you know the great the great Fran Lebowitz line. It's something like the opposite of talking is not listening. The opposite of talking is waiting. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Unless you're engaged with what the other person is saying, which is not always the case. No, it's true. Um, by the way, this has nothing to do with anything, but I just caught my facial hair is changing color. Like my eyebrows are changing color. My mustache is blackening and my beard is whitening. Just so you yeah. know, I have like a whole just color palette of grays and whites in my facial hair. I'm I, sorry. If I had more testosterone, I think I could grow like a thick black mustache and a white beard, which would look pretty cool and also hide my neck. Um, just you wait for the wiry hairs. Oh, I, I, I'm starting to get them. Like they're just out. You don't know. Should I, should I cut them? Because there, there's no controlling them. You can't pluck no. them. Then you'll have no eyebrows. And, no. but they're, they just sprout so fast. It's like, it's, it's, it's like weeds. Yeah. I know. This was not what we were supposed to be doing at this part of the conversation. Okay. I know. And we also became a bummer again, but let's read this nice review. Okay. Okay. This is from Betsy's mom. So honest and real. I adore this show. Kim and Jennifer pull no punches about life at this age, the good and the bad. They're hilarious. And sometimes they make me cry, but they always make me feel okay about my life. Everything really is fine. Oh, thank you, Betsy's mom. Yeah, thanks to all of you guys. Betsy's Betsy's lucky. Thanks to all of you guys, and thanks for leaving us reviews, and thanks for listening to Everything is Fine. We are your hosts. I'm Jen Romolini. And I'm Kim France. If you like the show, please rate and review it across the platforms. We read five-star reviews like we just did, and it also helps people find the show. It really makes a difference. If you want to support the production of the show, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash everything is fine. We have live events there, special bonus episodes, lots of blogs, lots of style advice. If you want to follow the show on social media, we're at EIF Podcast on Instagram. We have a robust and private Facebook group. Um, We're on other places that I never update. If you want to email us and give us feedback, I always forget to say this. We are at Everything is Fine the podcast at gmail.com. You can find Kim on her Substack, girls of a certain age, but it's really kimfrance.substack.com. You can find me on tinyletter.com slash Jennifer Romolini. The show is mixed and edited by the wonderful Natalie Rivera. I hope we sounded more hydrated this week, Natalie, but I'm not sure. And we'll be back, I think for real next week. Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast Fat Mascara here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beja Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldejanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off.